I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, guys. This is Damo just jumping in before the episode to shamelessly plug the fact that we have now launched our very own Patreon. We are really excited about this because not only does it allow us to go even further into the weeds of all things horror, but we've already started recording a bunch of episodes exclusively for the Patreon that have been so much fun and that I'm really proud of and just know you're going to love. We have two tiers, Cowards and Brave Babes, which are both exactly the same and give you complete access to all our Patreon content, but also allow us to know where on the scaredy scale you fall. So, Here's what we have in store for our patrons. For just five bucks a month, you'll get access to monthly Scaredy Boy bonus episodes, which will include chases, scaredy stories, Q&As, deep dives, and a whole bunch of other juicy ones that we've been cooking up. There'll also be monthly RPG episodes where we'll be rolling those dice as we're led through a bunch of spooky campaigns by some awesome DMs you're likely already familiar with. And finally, you also get exclusive access to our twice-monthly Small Screen Scares podcast, where we watch and review horror TV. The first series of which I'm excited to announce will be The Flan Man's Midnight Mass. So, that's what we have coming up over there, but we also keep coming up with new stuff we want to do in the future. So, not only will your patronage allow us to keep making Scaredy Boys, but it'll also mean that we can hopefully go that next step and get really creative and put out some truly cool stuff, which, if we're really successful, will include us writing and producing our very own horror radio play series. But either way, I just want to say a big thanks to all of you for your support, financial or otherwise. We love you guys. Oh. And stay scared, everyone. You're listening to the Sans Pants Network. Home of comedy, (laughs) culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched 28 Days Later. Twenty Eight Days Later is a 2002 British post-apocalyptic horror film directed by Danny Boyle and written by Alex Garland. It follows Jim, a bicycle curio who awakes from a coma to discover the accidental release of a highly contagious, aggression-inducing virus has caused the breakdown of society in just 28 days. I tell you what, yeah, rewatching this movie, this did this changed everything, right? This feels like it did a factory reset yeah. on zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, this movie's a big deal, and Danny Boyle, he's got some big balls. Well, speaking of balls, I want to put this to Damo as we 
As we welcome in the new year, Damo, were you delighted to see Peen on screen? Oh, mate. So much pain. I, <laughs> I wrote Peen on screen in my, because I always take notes when I watch these. I wrote Peen on screen before I even knew whose Peen it was. And then I'm like, what? Killian Murphy Peen? Oh my God. Damo, I imagine every time you watch a movie, you've just got the notes out and you've got Peen, question mark, and then sadly at the end of every yeah. movie, you put a put cross a big old next cross to it. Through this it. time, a million oh ticks. Oh my God, I was stoked. As well as because we talked, we've joked previously about, obviously we did the year of fear last year and we joked about this year being the year of horn. It's the horny year. <laughs> There's so many horny horror movies out there. And I'm like, uh, and then, yeah, we're like 28. Then we're like, oh, let's go 28 days later. I'm like, okay, that sounds very unhorny to me. Then we get some peen on screen. Tip of the cap. Well done. A little bit of secret horniness in there. I was very, I was very happy. Yeah. K- Kelly Murphy gets nude in this movie heaps. And he spends like, I read a stat mm. where it's like, apparently he spends 30% of this movie just shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Naked, I think. Just, just getting that skinny torso out in the world. God bless yeah. Oh, yeah. he's a, he's a, he's a skinny boy. I, there are so many things I love about Killian Murphy that I have discovered. Would you like to hear some Killian facts? Oh, I'd love yeah. some Killian facts. Please. So this is my favorite. My favorite thing about the Killian Murphy is that he's obviously Irish mm-hmm. um, and he has very strong uh, nationalism and, and patriotism towards his home of Ireland. Oh, my dad loves him. <laughs> Love- yeah. Like, I- I'm not even kidding. And I've said this to you before. My dad's not a big movie guy. Yeah. The only thing that really gets him excited is that Peter Jackson's on a roll. And <laughs> yep. actually, that is and- a deep callback. Man. I love that. Great. Yeah. And my dad, uh, Tom knows this, my dad is Facebook friends with Irish filmmaker John Carney because they have the same name. So he my is- dad befriended him. He is- oh, my God. <laughs> he wishes him a happy birthday and John wishes him a happy birthday every year. Loves is that it? correct? Yeah. That's the biggest um- dad move I've ever heard. I'm going to use Facebook for one thing. Oh, my God. Uh, but but also, my not particularly film-loving dad loves Killian Murphy because right. years ago, we went to Ireland for a family holiday yeah. and we happened to be in Galway at the time and friends of my dad's were like, we've got tickets to this one-man show. Do you want to watch it? And my dad right. was like, why the hell not? And we get to this one-man show not knowing anything about it and then Killian Murphy walks get out fucked. into the spotlight and for like two and a half hours just treated to the a master class of acting. So Whoa. yeah. What year would that have big, been? Big fan. Oh, that would have been around 2010, I reckon. Okay. So yeah. he's blown up a little okay. bit at that point. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, he would have done, you know, Batman like, Begins oh, okay. 28 he's Days fully Later. Blown. And, okay. He's, he's yeah. blown yeah. all over the yeah. place. Yeah. 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 We've seen his penis <laughs> yeah. several times. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think if I saw it that night. I don't think I did. Uh, what a shame. Yeah. To see it be in the same You'd room. Remember. Oh my god. That's I can't even I can't even think about that. I'm trying to think if I've if I've seen Peen on stage now. Peen on Have stage I is on stage? A, I reckon yeah. I've I reckon I've seen Peen on stage. This has nothing to do with that. Anyway, Killing Murphy yeah. fact. Um so yeah, big fan of Ireland. Therefore, not a massive fan of England. If you read a bit of history, you will learn that England, guys, I've got some breaking news for you, has done some bad things in its past. I heard there was some troubles at some point. (laughs) Oh, I've heard that the royal family and some of the things that England has done in its history, not good, especially to its very close neighbour, Ireland. Mm. So what I love about this is he uh, was living in Mm. London and he has kids and um, he's Irish and obviously has an Irish accent. Uh, They were living in London for a bit because it was easier for work. Or something, and he realised that his kids were developing English accent, English oh. accents. So he moved them all back. Oh, to right. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I love that. Just went not having, yeah. not in my like house. Respons- <laughs> not, my responsibility as a dad is to ensure they don't have English accent. Oh my god. Yeah, it's 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 what I love about Twenty Eight Days Later, which I never thought mm. I would, is that it brings two 
of I think the most high profile haters of the monarchy together in one film <laughs> in Killian Murphy and uh, Christopher Eccleston who is famous for posting that Instagram photo of the Queen with the caption look at the parasite in chief in her stupid little hat oh, <laughs> I've not heard that that's unreal oh, he's a he's a big yeah, big anti but I just love yeah. that the, the two energies of those two yeah. brought well, together Tom, by Daniel Boyle at an Irishman Brendan Gleeson yeah. I'm sure it was yeah <laughs> Do you reckon they just the sit around the whole time being like, man, I hate England. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they just sat around like around a fire or something after you know filming, having a drink, silence, and then one of them would just be like, fuck the Queen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, that's that's a that's a Killian fact. That's I don't have that's any more Killian fact. facts. That's my okay. one Killian fact. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's also a video surfaced of him. This is just unrelated to the movie at all, but the video surfaced of him uh, after the Queen died mm. meeting uh, Prince Harry at like the premiere of, uh, or Prince William, sorry, at the premiere of like Inception. Right. And it's so funny. He's like, yep, like he's meeting all the actors and they're all like, and he meets Killian Murphy and Killian's like really friendly and like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Literally, the handshake ends, he goes to the next thing, and Killian Murphy's face turns to steel. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway. And you can understand. Yeah, yeah. of course. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Where, where was the royal family when the zombie apocalypse happened in 28 days? You know? Great question. Killian was yeah. left to fend for himself, yeah. to get his dick out, to wear no shirt, and, and put a, put his thumbs into a man's face. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was Boy. fucked up. Anyway. This was, movie, yeah. uh, special place in my heart, because... Mm. It sort of revolutionized digital filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. That was what, I, when I finished high school, I went to study and I was doing a bachelor's in digital TV and film. And this movie got talked about a lot by right. my, the, the, the uh, lecturers in my course because the camera, the specific camera they used, and oh, fuck, I'd have to fact check this. I'm pretty sure it was a Canon XL1, I think yep. is what they it were back in indeed. the day. Yeah, that's it. We had basically that camera's little brother which was called a canon a1 right they were incredibly similar and so it was just we were always getting pumped up at uni because we could take this equipment out on weekends and shoot little short films and stuff and we basically had the technology in our hands without the you know uh, modest hollywood budget we had the same cameras to be able to film similar shit and it was just always really inspiring to do that and so i have seen 28 days later okay years ago i've seen it a couple times now i quite like it Mm. yep and the main reason i like it is because yeah parts of it look fucking shit i would say compared to other things yeah but it's a very deliberate function of the filmmaker of danny boyle Mm. being like i want the immediacy i want the realism i want that almost documentary um war-torn sort of approach to it and i mean also i don't know how much you guys read into Mm. the movie but parts of it too was we want to be able to get in and out and film stuff in fucked locations yeah yeah really quickly yeah Yeah. you can't do that when you've got to set up and repeat set up a 35 millimeter camera you just can't do it yeah there was a i did some i did some detective work in this film all about Mm. the filmmaking and i think so I, i really enjoyed it I liked it the first time I watched it. I think when I rewatched it, I gave it four and a half stars. I I really loved it. There's a mm. there's a in terms of your relationship to it, Sean. There's a piece of music in it that I absolutely fucking love and I right. listen to a lot. Yeah. Uh, and the the track is actually called "In the House in a Heartbeat," and it's the bit that plays. They play the start of it a few times throughout mm. the movie. Like oh, is it the John Murphy track? Yes. Yeah. It's just a little yeah. tinkling of piano throughout the movie, and then mm. it's played in full in the final sequence when the rain's coming in and he's killing yeah, all the soldiers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And of course, yeah, in a heartbeat, that great kind of callback. But mm. yeah, the the visual style of it. Yes, it hasn't aged amazingly. But again, it was a deliberate choice. I was reading yeah. things like they shut down to get that shot of the M1 empty. Mm. They slowed traffic down for like 
X amount of time because they couldn't stop it completely, but they had cops right. on, on each side of the thing slowing the traffic down. They filmed for s- either six weeks or six months. Now, I know that's a big difference in time, but it's still huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got six weeks. T- ten minutes of usable footage where Oof. there's no cars in Tom. it. Oh, God. Tom, I think it was six weeks and it was definitely one minute. It was six weeks. Oh, really? Of footage. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. I'm thinking of the scene at the start when he's walking through Trafalgar. They had 10 minutes to, for that. Yeah, right. even that. Like, So did you hear about they they hired basically beautiful women yes, to, to go up to angry angry traffic and be like, we're so sorry, it's just going to be a little bit longer. <laughs> and they said the response was a lot calmer. It was like, oh, no problem. No worries. Yes. Oh, yeah, they, they blocked... They blocked those streets off, I think, and were filming from between like 5 and 7 a.m. each morning right. to get those shots. Shit. And you got to imagine at the time, and especially, I think, have we all sort of been, have we all been to London? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, like, you watch those scenes, and you're like, holy fuck. Oh, like, it feels to an see that deserted yeah. is really eerie. It's powerful. That's it. And I think that's, it definitely worked. And, like, my first thought was the same thing. Like, how the hell did they close this off? And then, like, they've obviously got, like, uh, litter strewn purposefully to sort of, you know, show how empty it is and all the rest of it. I was, yeah, I was pretty blown away by those moments. I think it really did land on, like, imagine waking up and just having everything deserted. No, like, no one's there. No one's there. Like, I can't even imagine what the first, like, Holly, <laughs> my wife Holly has this weird thing where she sort of, like, not fantasizes, but, like, will regularly have dreams about being on the run during an apocalypse. Like, it's almost like there's, like, <laughs> I think she wants to be prepared or something like that. She's not a prepper by any measure, but, like, it's just something that plays in her mind. It's definitely something she thinks about. She doesn't mind a post-apocalyptic book and all the rest of it. And so we're watching it, and she's like, why hasn't he got a weapon yet? Why hasn't he done this? Why hasn't he done that? And I'm watching it going like, because what do you do? Like, you're just trying to figure this puzzle, this impossible puzzle out of, like, none of this makes sense. Like, how can yeah. this have happened? I've just woken up randomly in a hospital naked, pain on screen, and then uh, there's no one in the hospital. There's no one in the streets. I'm in the heart of London, and there is nobody around. Like... It would just feel so surreal and crazy. You wouldn't, I just, I think you couldn't really think of a plan because you just need answers so desperately. Like I wanted to ask, like, what do you boys think you would do if you woke up? Let's even just say you woke up at your house in your houses and just no one was there and you walk in the streets. No one, like, what do you think your first steps would be? It's probably the same as yeah. what Killian Murphy does because, mm. I mean, well, and you got to factor in too, he's been probably um, been fed through a tube for a month. Right. Hasn't walked any of that. Like yeah, you, you yeah. would just be like, honestly, I think I would react the same as him. Mm. I'd be like, I want to find something to drink. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Something to eat if I can. And yeah. I just want to be like, what the fuck? Because yeah, I think you could, you could watch it. I think much like Holly did mm. and be like, as soon as he walks on the street, grab a weapon. Cause danger. But right. You know, you're watching a zombie movie. Whereas for him, it's kind of just like, like what's going on? Yeah. Has everyone got like, has everyone got the day off work? What is happening <laughs> right. here? It feels the opposite of dangerous because nobody's around. It feels like, yeah. yeah, there's just nothing. Like, it's so confusing. Yeah. I think a part of you, too, if you were in Jim's situation, mm. you would just be like, I think I'm just on drugs and I'm hallucinating because right. this just can't even be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, because also the last thing you remember is being hit by a bike. So are you, uh, part of me, I reckon it'd be like, am I in heaven? Uh, am I yeah. in hell? Yeah. Am yeah. I a ghost? Mm. Purgatory. Like, yeah. Purgatory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but... But again, like the stones on Danny Boyle to be like, this is the movie we're going to make. We're going to yeah. do this. We're going to make it look, it's going to look gritty as fuck. Yeah. We're going to close down. Like I was like, it's weird because I, I think about Danny Boyle and I think about the career he's had. And I'm like, if he tried that now, absolutely. They'd let him do it. Yeah. He filmed the Olympics. He'd made train spotting and mm. the beach. Mm. And then he's like, can I close down the M1? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they went, uh, a little bit. 
Get, like, just get some hot ladies in there to maybe calm things down. <laughs> One of the funniest stories I heard from the making of mm. this is that they had all the permits to blow up the gas station, which happens pretty early in the yeah, day. Yes. Right. But they just didn't tell the police. Like, they oh, forgot. What? They forgot. <laughs> they've blown this thing up, and the police have come, and they've sent fire trucks, and, like, apparently they were just like, sort of, like, tied up for hours just trying to oh talk their God. way out of this thing. <laughs> <Idiot>. yeah. <laughs> it's It's very yeah. good. On the visual style, i got to say, I... I actually struggled with it a bit, especially early on. Literally, I thought, is there something wrong with my version of it? Is my internet not working? Because it was like I was, I had not obviously not seen this movie. I'm a scaredy boy. Um, and I had no real awareness that it was obviously one of the first movie made di- shot with digital video and all that rest of this. I'm like, something's wrong here. My saturation is like, it's so blown out. And like, then even then, like the sound was very loud at times and very soft at times and all the rest of it. So, like, first of all, I literally was like, I had to pause the movie like five minutes in and thought because I thought something was wrong and tried to fix it. And then I learned, no, nothing's wrong. And then from then, I kind of was just, it was a bit distracting for me. And even just like once it once it kicked off, there was like this freneticness to it. There was like Dutch angles abounding all over the fucking place. Oh, um, the man loves a Dutch angle, he goes doesn't he? hard can, on those Dutchies, yeah. yeah. Can I talk to you about some of the camera choices that sort of needed to be made? I yeah, think. go for it. So, our... Yeah. our our cinematic eyes are calibrated to a better quality yeah. than what Danny Boyle has dished up here. So the choice, I talked before about the choice. They wanted to be able to sort of run in and out of mm. places and shoot real gorilla style. Yeah. So it necessitated these cameras. But also when you're dealing with these cameras and these lenses, they're nowhere near as good as the Hollywood standard. Yeah. That's why you've got a lot of cooked camera angles in mm. this movie. Because what he needs to do, and you notice it very early on from the hospital right. when Killian wakes yeah. up, the framing has things placed in like staggered out because they're trying to artificially create depth of field which they can't really achieve with the camera and you may even notice when you watch the very end of the Mm. film when the plane flies over that's shot on a different camera right right yeah like because because i was watching it i'd forgotten about that and i looked it up Mm. after because i'm like that looked just way better quality (laughs) and like the depth of field was actually seemed normal on that and yeah so that final bit's filmed with a 35 millimeter film camera yeah 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 Yeah. but yeah so a lot of what he's doing a lot of the framing the dutch angles that you'll notice if you rewatch it there's lots of like little things in the in the bottom corner of a screen right to create the out of focus, the depth of field that you can't really get with the cameras they were doing in that real fast yeah, okay. gorilla mode. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, from a filmmaking, like a from a film student point of view, yeah. everyone I went to film school with, we really loved this movie. Yeah, it was just like you know when we watch a movie sometimes and you think, oh, I'd love to just make a movie. Yeah, I think this is one of those kind of movies. You come out of it and you go, oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah, yeah. and it feels achievable. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, our iPhones are better than this fucking quality. Man. Right. Like, yeah, that's it. It's insane. Yeah. That's twenty years. Like, how insane is it in twenty? 20 years now you can do like it's like the leap is ridiculous it blows to go my from mind, that yeah. to here yeah, yeah. Uh, it's bonkers absolutely bon- uh, probably a bit more because of it was filmed the year before because i know there's a scene where they were filming and 9-11 had just happened oh um, shit. okay yes yeah, so oh, i remember this yeah the scene is when they're it's actually one of the only scenes in the movie that's happy where they're celebrating mm. yeah i think it's when they after they've gone to the grocery store is that right uh no it's and yes it's it's either that or it's the eating, scene it's the scene where they first meet brendan gleason and he pours them to get mum's creme de menthe oh, to no, celebrate no, it's 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 later than that it's when Brendan Gleeson sees the horses, oh. and so they're all sitting around and laughing and having that beautiful yeah, moment. Yeah, and they nice filmed moment. that. Yeah. yeah, they filmed that on nine eleven, and they were like, "This is such a weird thing to be yeah. filmed." That's that's yeah, not my yeah, favorite. Okay. This is Crazy. this is the biggest tangent of all time. That is not my, and this is also a very fucked mm. sentence that I'm about to say. Just full disclosure. 
That's not my favourite filming a movie during 9-11 story. Tom, what the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with <laughs> no, you? I, I, know what, I know what this will be. Sean, are you familiar with The yeah. Master of Disguise? Yes, I am, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, there, was, there was a day where they were filming... Uh, I think it's the scene. Have you seen the Master of Disguise demo? I feel like I have, like years ago. Who's who's the main guy in it? One it's of the Dana, it's Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. Dana, Dana Carvey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's the scene where he's not. Tur- they're doing the Turtle Club, and he's oh, not turtly yes. enough for the Turtle Club. That yeah. that was filmed on nine eleven, and they learned. They took like a minute silence at the start of the day, and then filmed that scene, and then continued <laughs> to film a man pretending to be a turtle. Fucking hell! That yeah, but, yeah. Apparently, people were like crying on the set, and he's just yeah. being like. Am I not turtle enough for the turtle club? <laughs> but, so, Tom, I think that happened incredibly early in the production. So the rest of this, like, you know, absurd comedy movie was filmed with, like, people just depressed. The shadow and, of And, in 9/11. fact, I remember the trailer for that movie. I'm pretty sure the turtle club bit is in the trailer. It's probably, yeah, yeah. it probably the funniest. It's the bit most memorable got. bit of it. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. agree. Yeah. Fuck, that's yeah. insanity. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that's that's all I've said on that. Uh, back to 28 day, like, days later. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it took me a little bit to get into it because of because of the way it was shot. But I think the story is strong enough, and obviously it it, it did revitalize the zombie genre so much. And I can see why because it's almost like realistically, there's not a lot of zombies in this zombie movie. Like it's not really. No. It's obviously it's a more road about. Movie. It's a road movie. It's a humanity movie. It's about how actually surviving an apocalypse, whether it's zombie or other. Like, obviously, it does come back into it. But it's like, it's really looking at what people would do. And I think, I think I'm going to ask the question now, actually. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. For the scariest moment, so were we scared? Uh there are there are some jump scary bits, but overall, yeah. it's not super scary. Nah, yeah, yeah, no, no I, way me. less scary than I was expecting. I'm I'm going to say a, like a very hesitant yes, but I'm going to tell I'm going to explain why. So for me, the scariest moments were actually the human moments. There was one part early on with that guy Mark. So Mark and Serena when they uh, sort of rescued Jim, and Mark's talking about having to to walk over people and you just realize the realization of you're walking over people the train station story yeah climbs up on yeah 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 right and i just felt like he delivered that very well and i actually liked how that one was shot and it was just chilling i genuinely found it chilling and then the other moment that was just like fucking hell was when when mark has the cut on his arm and serena does not hesitate and just murders him like there's like yes she has to but it's murder still and it's like without any hesitation so brutal so like unhinged it feels and it was just like yeah so i think the scariest moments aren't even the zombie moments there's definitely some tension that they do well with the zombies especially in the um tunnel yeah but i think the scariest moments is like 
the people. And same for even the army guys, oh. obviously, like, being so twisted oh, the, that they're the, going to, like, rape these women and, and yeah. sort of feel justified in that. Like, yeah. Her cutting mark is probably more brutal than anything any of the infected people do. Oh, I was about to say. Right. I thought you were going to say it's it's probably more brutal than anything else in the movie. And I'm like, Sean, it ends with Killian Murphy putting his thumbs through a mm-hmm. man's face. Yeah, but right. that was justified. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah. very justified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but again, so was the killing of Mark. Like, yeah, yeah no, you're right. But you're, you're, but you're right. not like fully in the world at that point. No, like that's your hard cut into the world of this is where we're at right now. Yeah, it seemed like we've had obviously that that pretty terrible um, church scene where all of them are in the church, all the bodies are in the church, and then the, we sort of really get zombies for the first time. Yeah, but I think that's it's really going. Yeah, things are fucked, not for because of zombies, just for the people that remain, because now humanity is dog-eat-dog. Well, yeah, this was incredibly controversial, too, when it came out, just because of the whole zombies versus infected debate. Like, you know, right. the Romero purists were like, this is bullshit, this isn't a zombie movie. And I'm pretty sure at the time, uh, okay. Danny Boyle wow. said, we've never said it's a zombie movie. They're infected True. with a rage virus, yes, and it's yeah. just the sort of the moniker that Hollywood has put on it. Yeah. Although, like, any any zombie-type movie we've seen since this came out, mm. they've probably been a version of this char- of these, these Yeah, infected, I mean, right? I'm glad we've got past that conversation because what a ridiculous thing to get stuck on, in my mind. I'm like, the, the evolution of horror in any term, of any monster, any sort of... That's where the fun comes from. If we're going to stick to this very cut-and-dried version of it, yeah. How, how, where do you elicit new fear from this thing? How do you evolve? Well, to be fair... That like like Danny Boyle said, they're, they're not zombies. Unlike every even in even in later zombie films like Zombieland and even the mm. remakes of um, Dawn of the Dead and stuff that we've right. all seen, yep. when when zombies get fast, right? Mm. Like like the rage infected people. Yeah, yeah. The difference is people with the rage virus don't die and come back. They just turn. Mm. Yeah, like right. they they get bitten and then it's what it's ten to twenty seconds. Yeah, it's quick. And yes. then so quick. It's so yeah, quick. Like yeah. it's so fast. That's scary, and it's yeah. And that's, I think, the thing is that the scary beats are the threat of infection, but I think mm. all the fear comes from some of the bleak bits. It's the fact she's got to kill Mark really quickly. It's that yeah. horrific scene where Killian goes into the diner and, and then just comes back out with the baseball bat covered in blood. And she's yeah. like, how was it? He's like, let's go. And yeah. you you know what he's had to do? Like, you know how awful it is. It's, mm. it's Brendan Gleeson getting shot a bazillion times as he's, like, throwing his daughter away, being like, get yeah, her away yeah. from me. And then, and just, then his daughter oh. being like, dad? <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. mate, oh, yeah. sorry, but he got shot 150 times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I just, sorry, can I, can I make one more comment just on the on the rage virus itself? Yeah. So I, Danny Boyle and Alex Garland, who wrote it, they they talked about, so they, I don't think zombies were in their mind at all. They were kind of okay. like, it's kind of like an Ebola type situation that's been mutated and right. they just wanted it to amplify all of the things that we already have in us. Yeah. Things yeah. they were thinking like, you know, road rage and stuff like that when mm. someone cuts in front of you. Right. It's just basically you get infected through the blood transmission yeah. and then all of these things, all of the hate you already have is just amplified and you go insane. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Which is completely different to a, a, sh- a shuffling, slow moving zombie that we've seen in movies from, you know, the 70s sure. and the 80s yeah, and so yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not trying to eat brains. They just want to literally murder you. Yeah. They're, they're just trying to, trying to kill. Yeah. Rip your fucking head off and throw yeah. up blood in your face yeah oh, oh God. The, yeah, yeah that's it's 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 not it's not super scary it is grotty as yeah. the 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 infected throwing up blood mm. the, the kills are always super graphic especially thumbs into the yeah, eyes they really held yeah. on that they really held on that for as long as they could I, I just want to talk about that one bit it's not in terms of it being scary but i love the growth of characters in this movie mm. and in particular jim 
doesn't Jim changes a bit because he learns and he has to take it seriously, yeah. but then he learns how to fight back in that great he's so un, he's so incapable of doing stuff yeah, early on in the yeah, film. Yeah. And then by the end of the film he's this shirtless Rambo running through the English countryside. <laughs> yeah. And I fucking love it. But it's uh Selena Nomi Harris's character. Mm. Her growth is the best part. That whole thing where she's like survival is the, is what you do. Yeah. This is you don't need which uh, talking about after Mark starts she's like Mark had plans. Mm. Do you have plans? Like plans are pointless. Yeah. And then she has that reveal when they're happy where she's like there's something more important than surviving mm. and then she kisses him. And then by the end of the movie, when he's just burst in, he saved her life and he steps towards her and she hesitates mm. and he has that great bit that was longer than a heartbeat. Like, it's ah, it's just such a nice, beautiful callback to show that she has realized there's more to survival. You've actually got to live. Yeah, like, yeah. You've got to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the message of hope that gets the movie. Because otherwise, this movie this movie is, is bleak. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. could be so much bleaker if there wasn't that message of hope that hangs over yeah, the top. Yeah, that yeah, There is more to survival than survival. I mean, yeah. So, like, the, one of the scenes that really blew me away that I wasn't expecting was just the, the very simple shot of seeing the, the plane pass overhead after that. Um, other army guy had said, I think we're in quarantine and the rest of the world's actually fine. I thought that was fucking brilliant. Like, granted, as we've seen with our own pandemic, that's probably unlikely. It spreads pretty fast. But I really like the idea of them just assuming the whole world's fucked and actually, no, it's just the little island you're on. Like, I just thought it was really brilliant because then all of a sudden there is extreme hope. There is reason to keep going because there's like this there was literally no light at the end of the tunnel other than just, you know, the lesson she learned of just there is joy in being alive and living. But all of a sudden, like, no, we can actually even return to a society again. So I just thought that was fucking amazing. I love that. Yeah. it's And again, the, the scariest monster of all is um, Christopher Eccleston. That mm. way he justifies what he's done to, to Killian Murphy when he's like, I promised them women. And just he's not com- like he's completely fucked by the end of it. He's a raging psychopath yeah. by the end. But the calm way in which he addresses that, he's just like, yeah, look, this is what I've done. And this is what we've got to do. Yeah. And it's like, it's going to say, um, again, I've said two, I've said a fucked thing already. I'm about to say another fucked thing. You understand why he does what he does. Tom, you're off the podcast, mate. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Tom. Um, no, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's completely fucked when you meet him. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the movie does a good job of just slowly drawing the mask off him and yeah. he is unhinged. Yeah. It is such a, the way, the way he so simply just says, oh, well, I promised them women. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's fucking chilling too. Yeah. You have that so matter of fact, you have that yeah. moment. Killian Murphy's kind of like happy. He's like, oh, okay, it's not exactly what we expected, mm. but you know, this is nice. This is okay. We could probably find a, a home here, I suppose. Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, fuck! I've got to get these people out of here. I do love Jim in this movie because a lot of it is him waking up and finding a, something to fight for. Yeah, which yeah. I think is quite nice. Yeah, and Brennan, I've got to say, Brennan Gleeson, I think, is the best part of this movie. Oh yeah, when you meet yeah. him, the the life that he brings into what has been a fairly drab affair yeah. is really beautiful. Yeah. For me, I don't really love the military stuff. Mm. They're a bunch of unhinged psychos. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Tom, I know that you love Killian Murphy, you know, the shirt off and becoming a maniac, but for me it's kind of like you've leveled up too far. You've skipped right. several levels and you're now way too capable. He doesn't to me have a strong enough plan to break back into that mm. facility. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I can live with I like it. the I idea that he live uses with Mailer yeah. against them. And mm. I think because yeah. he knows too, based on what he's heard from... One of the things that Jim does is he listens. And I think he's listened to the way the, the soldiers interact. He's heard Christopher Eccleston talk about how they're all like, I saw this guy with a gun in his mouth. Like, these guys are at the end of a rope. Mm. 
he's got nothing to lose. He's now shirtless running through the woods. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. He saw how they've, they argue, he sees them argue with one another about whether they're going to shoot or stab um, the sergeant. Mm, yeah. Like, he, he sees that happen in real time. He lies down in the bodies, so he pretends to be, like, I, I, I don't hate it. I understand all the mm. things he does. And also because Eccleston only sends, like, him and one other guy after him because they're like, it's just a dude with no shirt on. We can fucking handle it. <laughs> Yeah, that is yeah. that is silly from Eccleston to himself go out there is a bit strange to be honest. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I enjoy that. I enjoy that Jim listens. I enjoy that he's he's clever and mm. he puts a little plan into motion. But it's when he gets back to the house that I think the plan is too big for him. Like just the bravado, I think, to be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm mm. gonna take them all down. It's fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do this. Yeah, I think it's I think it's lacking some finesse in terms of he he's still kind of we still got to see that scared version of him. Yes, he's clever and like I think given the setting, he can still one by one take them down. But he's doing yeah. it so effortlessly. He's doing it so like as though he's planned three steps ahead. Now I don't think I don't know that he had per, like I think yeah I think there was a version of that of that where it could have been he's just like us. He's doing what he has to. He has to sort of. Yep, tie into his rage is definitely part of it, obviously, with the eye gouge and, like, obviously, yeah. the, the whole sickness is rage. But I think could have been a version of, of it just with a little bit more finesse in terms of seeing that he's still afraid and still willing to, yeah. I don't know, hold back a little bit, I guess. He's he's clever. And then when once he gets to the mansion, though, it's basically just, ah, oh, he's got superhero powers now. Yeah, he's unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he does, though. No, I think he does because it's just, it, it's all a bit easy. And I don't. Mm. There's not as much critical what's thinking the, in his planning. What's the superhero part that he has to do? That's superhero. Well, no, he's just doing everything. It's kind of like you know Batman showing up at a warehouse and slowly picking off one by one, but yeah. in a more extreme version of that. He only kills three people. He kills one guy at the barricade. He kills the weak chef sergeant by stabbing him with a gun, mm. and then he kills eye gouge. Everyone else is killed by Mela, who he frees. That's too much for me, though. I think for Jim. I think Jim's a mm. grawny wimp who's been in hospital for a month. And yes, over the course of the film, he's grown and he's stronger. But you're not taking out hardened soldiers. Like, that, it stretched the believability for me. But I think it's the kind of film where at that point I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I will, I will defend Jim's cape till I die. In my heart, Tom, for the rest <laughs> of the film, I'm just like, oh, I miss Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys, let me ask you this. Did our characters act wisely or foolishly? Um, they make, that again, no one makes a really dumb choice i don't think i think oh, to me bar bar one one really dumb one yeah which which one are you thinking so going in the tunnel is just stupid oh yeah dumb. like That's wild yeah every other choice they make like and driving like a maniac in the tunnel <laughs> yeah of course like, they burst the th- they're lucky yeah. to only burst the tire yeah it's brennan yeah, is actually really weird because he goes from being like a cautious dad to just being like oh, i'm a maniac and yeah. i'm just gonna laugh like a maniacal laugh through the fucking tunnel it's right. like mate what the fuck what are you, are you doing? doing, son? Yeah, he found he found five bottles of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's meant to be like he's uh, like he he's sort of holding it in for his daughter, and then it comes out at those moments? Because the other point is like, yep. the other thing that I would have called arguably dumb, unlucky, really is probably the correct term. But when he gets infected, when Brent Gleason's character gets infected, yep. it is so heartbreaking that it's just because he's just letting out some rage. Of course, tying it back to rage bashes that pole, yep. that tiny drop of blood it happens to land in his eye and there's nothing you can do. Like, there's just no, like, fuck, he, well, that was so avoidable. But I get why he was having a, a rage fit. I would have probably been too, but just hit the wrong pole. Yeah. I'll tell you my theory. From the minute we meet him, mm. he's insane. Oh, you reckon? I think so. I think he's so happy that yep. people have shown up because he's like, we can go outside on this little mission now. Yeah, yeah. Which maybe he doesn't even believe in. And he goes, my daughter will be safe with them. Yeah. And 
however far into the mission I get, that's what what will be will be. I agree yeah. with he, you. Sean. He 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 steps out of that apartment building and goes, "I'm going to die, mm. but hopefully she'll be okay with them." Yeah, that's his whole thing. I reckon. He yeah, okay. he even has that bit when he's talking about the water on the roof, and you're like. It's a great system, but also like you don't even know when he when he then says some of the water evaporates, some of it goes stagnant, some like mm. it's like you don't even have a good system to collect the water. Like <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You're just you're just doing shit. I actually really like that idea, Sean, that he's actually completely lost the last wit he had. Mm. I think he's insane. That's why the lights are shining, the Christmas lights. Yeah, right. he's attracting he's attracting the moths in so they can take his daughter and save. Mm. That that's basically it, I think, for him. So yeah, so now now it makes sense when he's driving through that tunnel, yeah. laughing like a maniac, driving like crazy because yeah, it's just yeah. kind of like every fucking extra hour that I'm alive is a miracle. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say I on the on the wisely or foolishly, like when he uh, when they came up the stairs of his apartment and he's dressed in like full riot gear. Yeah, I'm yeah. like smart. You've got like you've got an outfit that yeah mostly should be pretty zombie proof. There's no real skin showing anything like that, but then. Doesn't bring it with him. We don't see it for the rest of the trip. Why wouldn't you do that? Oh my god, like, it's wearing fucking twenty four seven. Doesn't have room yeah. for it. He's got to make room for all the groceries that they get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There wasn't actually enough of those little things. So like, there's a uh, a movie that's a little bit maligned. People don't really love it. I love it. It's called World War Z with Brad Pitt. In it. Oh yeah, yeah. And very quickly when he sort of realizes what's going on, he just gets like anything he has, which at the time is the thickest magazines, and starts duct taping them over his arms, right? And, like, you know, covering up any exposed areas. Yeah. So outside of Brennan Gleeson dressing like a, a, a SWAT officer. Mm. It's kind of like, it's so crazy that he doesn't take that with him. Exactly. And like this, the thing is that, that I find really scary is like how contagious it is mm. and how quickly you turn, obviously, like, yeah, the 22nd thing that we mentioned. So like even there was, there was one thing where like uh, someone blows them up or something like that. You're like, you can't even blow these fuckers up because if a time, like all you're doing is contaminating yourself. If it's going to yeah. blow back at you, get in your eyes, your nose, your mouth, you're done for. So like, yeah, you need to have like some good fucking gear to not get infected. It's, it's so crazy to not wear a mask in this movie right. universe. Yeah, yeah, yes. Especially yes. after what we've experienced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get some face masks, It, it is Come honestly, on. like even if he doesn't take the full suit with him, to not take the face mask is yeah. insane. What else? Ludicrous. I'll tell you what else is insane. All the power, the electricity's gone, and they go in that mm. supermarket, and it's brightly lit. <laughs> like, that's bullshit. Oh, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Yeah, dude. Okay. Shut up, Sean. Well, <laughs> sorry, but my brain watches it, and I go, that's bullshit. What, is there a yeah. backup well, generator? Why? There's yeah. power in the hospital, and there's power in the house, Is there too, power in the hospital? There? Okay, but I think they specifically say the power grid's been destroyed or whatever, so I think there's just power in this movie when it's necessary for there to be mm. power in the movie. Correct. And hey, movie that's batteries. fine. It's cinema. Where did the power yeah. come from? Same place as the music, right? That's how it works. Correct, Sean. <laughs> yeah, Correct. Yeah, yeah, and right. how good is that music? Fantastic. <laughs> Do you know what's great? I love that piece of music. It also features in another movie, uh, Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass. Um, yeah. Yeah, so when, when Nicolas Cage's character, Big Daddy, is being, spoiler alert, killed, um, yeah. that mu- that final bit of the In a House in a Heartbeat plays over the top. Mm, beautiful. So, does it not play when she comes in and it's like her point of view camera, her shooting? Because then it also plays into another. Like that movie, John Murphy's an interesting composer because his stuff gets reused in multiple films. Yeah, so he's got yeah. that classic that mm. people would know called Adagio in D minor, I think. And so it's first from was in Sunshine. Sunshine. Then it's in Kick-Ass. And then 
fucking bizarrely it's in Wonder Woman 2, which right. yes. boggles my mind. Yeah. <laughs> that is a director who's put a temp track of music in while she's editing and fallen in love with it to the point where she goes, we're not going to make a new one. We're just going to use that. That's what we're going with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. All right, lads, how would we do in this situation? Um, I think, so obviously we've woken up, mm. Scaredy Boys, um, we've woken up and we're the only people left alive. Yeah. I, I think we've grown up in a universe where after 28 Days Later, mm. there was 100 movies like 28 Days Later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there is enough remote areas in Australia that we could wait it out until a plane flies overhead. That's true. I think we could do what they do. I think we could find a cottage and I think we could hide. Mm. But, Tom, you've got to go from the heart of the city to that cottage. That's the hard part, I guess. Well, like, yeah, they, they did it That's true. fairly successfully. Like, there was obviously there was a tunnel, but that was about it. But I do think, yeah, getting away from people, because it's so interesting with zombie movies, it's something I thought about with this one, is like, usually you sort of like, oh, we're the last survivors, we should band together. But because of the way the infection works, you're like, no, it's bad to be around. Like, more, while more people should feel like survival, it's actually just sort of increasing your chances of potentially getting killed or infected. But I think we ex- I think we experienced that firsthand during COVID, where it's kind of yeah. like, don't fucking come near me, I don't want to catch it <sighs> you sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, so yeah. I, I can totally understand why people would be like, fuck off. Yeah. It's yeah. a you know, you're on your own sort of world. Yeah. Do you do you, either of you always have a destination in mind? If you had to go somewhere, like obviously you got the beach house, Carno, that your family own. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, but also a risk because mm. yes, you can blow the bridge up. I've thought about this. Uh, yes, you can blow the bridge up, and then <laughs> I've you're, also you're thought safe. about that bridge a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but but also Sean, then too many houses happens, on that island though. Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it happens to you on the island, I reckon we're better off going somewhere on the way to that island because there's right. a lot of remote. That's true. Places, a farm, um, a farm, a yeah, farm somewhere. Yeah. I do yeah. want somewhere high up though. Yeah, you want to be yeah high somewhere up, high that you can see. You good can see vantage point. On. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm. Also, how like are we hoping that? I was actually amazed when they went into that supermarket that it seemed fully stocked. Mm, mm. But I guess because we're 28 days after this thing, so we didn't see the onset. Yeah. Like it, Maybe it just wasn't a situation where people survived an initial wave and then had a chance to go and raid supermarkets yeah, and shops. Yeah. They might have all just It been sounds like out. it went so cool. Because that's the thing. The, the whole point of it is it went so fast. Yeah. It just was like you. It the minute it hit one person and then it hits. And that's that thing. And the guy's telling a story in the crowd. The minute it hits one person in the crowd, game over. Done, yeah, yeah. I think if we can if we can go somewhere far away, we can survive. However, realistically, I live, you know, close to a, the city. Yeah. We, we all live close to built-up areas. Mm. I think, realistically, we're probably fucked. Yeah. Well, like, Holly made a point. Like, when they're on the highways, she's like, oh, why is there no, like, cars just littered all over the highways like we normally see in post-apocalyptic movies? And I'm like, actually, no, but why would there be? Because if you're driving, the zombies can't run up and jump in your car. They're not that fast. So, like, usually the highways, I think, would actually be clear because either you're driving on the highway and then you get to your destination or you never make it to the highway because something attacks you first. No, the highways could be blocked up if everyone is like us trying to get in their car and get out and there's traffic jams. And then in the traffic jam, zombies attack and kill you and block the roads. Right. That's where... Boys, do you own a bike? Yes. That's very exposed, though. You want the security of a car, I think. Mm. Hear me out. A bike 
We I own a lot of books, boys. I'm making a book suit and I'm riding that bike. <laughs> I like this. All right. Mm. Yeah, suit up. But then you're you're tied to not your petrol situation, but your energy and fitness level. That's correct. And at the current rate, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a That's swimmer. My worry. Maybe you need to get in that ocean, Tom. That's true. Yeah, That's we didn't true. really yeah. see them in the water. I also like Christopher Eccleston's thing where he's like, we've got him chained up and now he's going to tell us how long it takes them to starve. That to was death. good. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to know that. I'd love to know that. And then it could pays you just off wait the end where yeah. they, they starve to death. If we can get away somewhere yeah. and just wait it out, I think we're, I think we're great. If the answer is running and hiding, I don't know. Maybe that's our skill set. Maybe we'll be okay. We've just got to time this outbreak perfectly so that we're away on a scaredy boys oh, retreat. Yes. Where we do go remote. Yeah. And if that happens then... The city will get fucked up, but we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be all right. Once they all starve, yeah. we'll just sneak out of our little hole. To be fair, yeah. yeah, by the time it the, the time it would take to get back to there would be fucking ages. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good start to I the year I think we'd for be okay. Boys. We do, however, I think it's still smart if we blow up the bridge. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I feel like you've just always secretly harbored a desire to blow up that bridge. I don't trust that bridge. Guys, it's simple. We, we blow up a bridge, we steal a luxury boat, Ooh. we live on the boat. Oh, oh boat I'd love life. to do that. Boat. Boys. Oh, yeah, it is. Boat boys. We'd only have to do it for probably two months, three months, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Catch fish. Easy. Oh, living our best lives. Get a tan. Get ripped, maybe. At least skittier. And occasionally, (laughs) you know, you send a little boat into shore just to, like, get supplies in, like, areas that look safe. No, that's dangerous. We send our best swimmer, Tom Reed. T. Reed. That's true. Yeah. Shark boy. Ride the sharks. <laughs> I become one with the sharks. Oh, Actually, Tom, it's perfect for you because if it all gets too much and we get overwhelmed by zombies, somehow they've commandeered another boat and have come for us. Mm. You just get your beautiful death, death at sea with the sharks. My dream. <laughs> that's, uh, that's yep. a weird win-win, but I think that's what we're, where we've landed. <laughs> well, that is all the Scary Talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. And if you Scary listeners like this show, would like to help us out, you can. It's real easy. You can just head over to patreon.com slash boys and become a patron. But for just $5 a month, you get access to all our bonus episodes, including chases, scary stories, deep dives, and we have a whole bunch of other new fun ones coming up. And you'll get exclusive access to our twice-monthly Small Screen Scares podcast where we watch and review horror TV. Or you can also leave us a review wherever you listen, as that truly does help a bunch and has the added benefit of making us feel very special. And lastly, if you have any comments about this episode or just want to say hi, you can email us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. I'm on a boat. Stay scared, everyone. That's not my favorite filming a movie during 9-11 story.